Let There Be Light. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. Light is among the earliest of God's creations, and light is the first test of authentic Christianity that John mentions. If we are sons of light, as another apostle put it, then our new nature should reveal us to be good, candid, and life-giving. And those will be some of the first attributes that come to mind when people think of us. We're resuming our discussion from Friday. We're in the letter called 1 John, and here's Jim with part two of Walking in the Light. God never does anything wrong. There is no darkness in God. God doesn't have a bad conscience. God doesn't have to learn what's right, what's wrong. God always chooses to do what is right. He is light. There is no evil, no darkness in him at all. So any darkness or any evil does not originate with God. And any time I discover evil or darkness inside myself or in my conduct, I cannot blame it on God. I can't say, God made me do that. Or I learned to do that by following God. Or God showed me how to do that. Or God blesses me in spite of the fact that I do that. All those are lies. Anything less than light, anything other than light in my life, in my behavior, anything that I want to do, and when I do it, I want to pull the darkness in so no one else can see and where I feel very private and very protected. Anything that I do like that does not find its source in God. God's not that kind of person. God is always light. He is only light. And in God, there is absolutely no darkness. Now, having laid that foundation, John then gives us a series of three tests. And you can tell the tests have started by simply going down and circling the little word if, 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 if. See it there in verse 6, if, again in verse 7, if, again in verse 8, if. You, you can see how it goes. All the way down to chapter 2 and verse 2. If, I'm sorry, verse 1. And if any man sin. Now you go down and make a list of those ifs. And what John is doing is setting up conditions. He's saying, since God is light, and since God has no darkness... We can test our relationship with God based upon light and darkness. That's what he says. Look at the first one this morning, and then we'll quit. If we say we have fellowship with him. Now, the word fellowship simply means that we have common ground, we hold in common. The word is koinonia, uh, which means we use it sometimes, well, we use it it's the word we translate with the word communion. When we take the same cup or the same loaf, you and I drink from the same cup, we are sharing the same cup. Now, we don't do that very much. Sometimes husbands and wives will use the same toothbrush, but even that's rare. Usually they each have their own toothbrush. And once in a while, when we feel safe with people, we'll pass around a piece of bread that hasn't been cut, and we'll each take in our hands and break off a piece. 
But even there, if the guy hasn't washed his hands, what happens? If the guy next to you handles the piece of bread and he breaks off a piece and he hasn't washed his hand and he hands the loaf over to you, what's on that loaf? His germs, right? And you get his germs. Now that's what communion is. That's what fellowship is. It means sharing, sharing the same thing. So if I have a cold and I take a drink and I hand you the cup and you drink out of that same cup, what am I going to share with you? My cold germs, that's right. That's the idea. The idea of fellowship is sharing together, having something in common. Now listen to what John says. If we say, I share with God, God and I share the same thing. So what you find in God, you're going to find in me. And what you find in me is a reflection of what you find in God. That's what the claim is. God and I are best buddies. Matter of fact, we're better than best buddies. God and I share everything. So that what you expect to find in God, you can expect to find in me. And what you see in me is exactly what you're going to see in God. God and I have a, a partnership, a relationship. God and I are married like a husband and wife. We have a, we have a relationship so that what you see in God, you can expect to see in me. That's what the claim is. Now, John says, if we claim that we have this fellowship with God, and yet we're walking in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If my life, my conduct, involves me in things of darkness, I cannot claim that I got those things from God. I cannot claim that God winks at those things in my life. God is light. There is no darkness in him. And if I walk, if I behave, if I do things in my behavior that are in the darkness, I cannot say, I have those things in common with God. Pretty simple, don't you think? Now, Jesus once said at the close of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, he said, look, guys, you need to be careful because there are wolves in sheep's clothing. Wolves. And what he was saying was there are people who put on clothes outwardly and they want to impress you that they are sheep, that they are part of the body of Christ, that they have been born again. But inside, when you take the sheep skin off, inside they're wolves. They have not been changed inside. They have not become sheep. They are wolves, and everybody here knows what happens if you put a hungry wolf inside of a flock of sheep. It's amazing how many little sheep get into that wolf's stomach. It's amazing. But wolves eat sheep. And so Jesus is telling us that in order to get inside of and take advantage of Christians, believers, there are people who will put on an exterior, an outward facade, 
that they're sheep, but inwardly they're wolves. How are you going to tell a wolf? How are you going to find out that it's a wolf and not a sheep? Well, you watch their conduct. And Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. If you plant, I planted a couple of weeks ago, I planted some tomato plants. Would you believe those tomato plants are growing apples? Would you believe that? No, you wouldn't believe that. You'd say, no, 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 no. Tomato plants produce tomato plants. And they do it by producing little tomatoes. They don't produce apples. Apple trees produce apples. Tomato plants produce tomatoes. So if you've got a sheep appearance, watch that person. See what their conduct is. And if they act like a wolf, don't be thinking they're a sheep. Now that's the same idea here. John says the first test is the, the test of our conduct. If I like things that are wrong, if I enjoy doing things and I choose to do things where I am more comfortable under the blanket of darkness, I don't want mom or dad to see me doing this. I don't want my wife to see me doing this. I don't want, to, I don't want my husband to hear me saying this. Those, those kinds of secret things. If that's the way you behave, then you're lying, you're not telling the truth when you claim to have a fellowship with God, a relationship with God based upon truth. So what's the cure? Well, but if we walk in the light, what a beautiful illustration. If we walk in the light, let's go on. As he is in the light, the he there is God. God is light. He dwells in light. There's no darkness. So if God and I are walking in the same light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That idea of walking in the light, it means that, that as I get to know God through the study of his word, through the Holy Spirit teaching me as I read the Bible and as I try to become like the Lord Jesus, what happens is God gives me a light. He shows me where I need to put my foot. He illuminates that part, my next step. So with the light there, I choose to put my foot in the light. Okay, I'm walking now in the light. Now I need light over there. Well, God puts the light over there, so I walk there. And step by step, God shows me from his word what I ought to be doing, how I should behave. He shows me how he behaves. He shows me light or gives me light, how that will look in my life. And as I step in that light, he then gives me another light. Now, what happens when I... When I'm right here, I'm like this, and God puts the light over here and says, here's the next place to step. And I say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to step over there. What happens? Well, when I step over there, I'm now walking in darkness. And that light will disappear. God will not give light to me if I'm not willing to walk in it. Another way to think of it is this. As I watch God and as I study God through his word, 
And as I see how God acts by studying the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, God increases the sphere of light in my life. The light or the illumination that he gives gets brighter and brighter and bigger so that more and more of my circumstances and my life become illuminated by the word. If you like, think of it like a, think of it like a flashlight. When I first come to know God and I first trust him as my personal Lord and Savior and I receive Jesus Christ into my heart, then I have that flashlight of light shining inside. And I see some things in there and I see some things in my conduct that aren't right. I know that. Many times people will come, trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they'll, they'll say, now, you know, there's some things in my life I need, I need to get rid of. The sad thing is there are people who won't come to the Lord Jesus Christ because they'll say, I want to trust him as soon as I, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. But in their mind, they know that that conduct is not pleasing to God. And so their rationale is, as soon as I get rid of that thing that I know doesn't please God, then I'll come to God. As if you got to clean yourself up first and then come to God. That's not the way it works. You'll never come to God on that basis. You come to God, you step into the light, and he does what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Okay? So he does the cleansing. I come to him, ask him to be my Lord and Savior. He cleanses, and now I've got a degree of light. Let's say, let's, for sake of illustration, let's say that at the moment I'm saved, uh, I've got this much light, okay? God shining that much light inside. And I look, and where that light's shining, I see all kinds of things that need to change. Boy, I shouldn't tell those big white lies. That's, that's not right. Now, how do I know it's not right? It's the light of God shining. Now, I still have a relationship with him because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from even those bad things that I haven't dealt with yet. But I stop lying. Okay, I start working, I stop lying. And over here is a habit I've got, and I know that habit's terrible. So, based upon the light God gives, I purpose not to do that any longer. And the Spirit of God gives me victory. And so, one morning I wake up and I look and, boy... There's, there's nothing sticking out there in the light that I need to change. So what does God do? God increases the light. Oh, now i got some new things i got to work on. And I begin to work on those, and the Spirit of God helps me. Then what happens? The light gets bigger. See? Walking in the light means that the light continues to, to grow until, until it has all of me exposed to light. And we stop that process by refusing to walk in it. When God shows us that much light and we're not willing to deal with those things that he reveals through the light, then God shuts the process down. God says, okay, I'll just hold that there. You go do whatever you want to do, but when you come back and you really want to get serious, you want to, you want to grow, you want to walk in the light, then here's where we're going to start. See? And sometimes the problem is when we disobey God, the light gets dimmer. There's a diminishing of the light. Because if we're not going to respond to the light, God's not going to shine. That's why old Christians who've been walking with God for 50, 60 years, you know, you look at them and you think, boy, what a saint. 
Why? They got everything aced. I mean, they don't do this, they don't do this, they don't do this. They do this, they do this, do this. Why? God must be like them. And say so you go up and you say, Mr. Mr. Christian, I know you've been walking with the Lord for 60 years. Wow, I wish I was as sinless as you. And they'll say, don't kid yourself. You, don't, you can't believe how bad my life is. How inconsistent. So what's happening? Well, what's happening is the light of truth that they've been walking in now touches so many areas of their lives that they're aware that displease God. But as you and I look at them, we don't see those things. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we're going to become like him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That, uh, that word cleanses from all sin there has the idea that it that God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, gives us a forgiveness that is not earned and not deserved. And that forgiveness, let me tell you the difference. Here's the difference. You know, you get up in the morning and your mouth tastes terrible, you know, and before you kiss your mate, before you go kiss your mom or your daddy or before you even kiss yourself. Whew, bad. So there's two ways you can solve that. You can take some kind of stuff and wash it out and spit it out. And your breath now will smell sweet. But those little germs are still there. Or you can take another kind of mouthwash, we're told, and, you, and it kills the little boogers that cause the bad breath. Got it? Now, the blood of Jesus Christ is like that second. It kills the little boogers that cause the bad breath. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, applied to my heart, not only cleanses me, gives me forgiveness, but it works on the source of my sin problem. That's the idea. Okay? So, what have you learned on this fine summer Sunday morning? I hope you've learned that John is an expert. He can talk about these things because he's been there with Jesus and he's thought this through and examined it carefully. And what's the bottom line? Bottom line is God is light. So think about light. Think about how dependent we are upon light. Think about the qualities of light, the great spectrum of light, visible and invisible. Think about God becoming visible and yet that part of God that became visible did not exhaust all of God there was. Think of God being everywhere at the same time because light is so fast, it moves so quickly. Think about light's ability to expose by empowering our faculty, our ability to see. And then carry that over into your life. Now, if you claim, if you claim to be a Christian, a little Christian, a little Christ, if you claim to be a believer, if you claim to have fellowship with God, you and this God who is light have things in common so that what you find in God, you're going to find in me, and what you find in me, you're going to see in God. If that's true, but you're walking in darkness, ah, you're lying. You're a liar. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not doing the truth. But if you walk in the light, each day increasing your knowledge of the light and applying that light to your life. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you become more and more like him. 
And God will take care of the sin that's, resist, or that, that's resident in you. He'll, he'll get to that in due time. But the blood of Jesus Christ will anticipate that need. So, what's your claim this morning? Are you a Christian? He is in the light. Are you walking in the light, becoming like him? Or are you like that wolf? Outside you got on all the right clothes and you talk the right language and you go to all the right places, you got all the right kind of friends, but inside you know that you're a wolf. You don't have a lamb's heart. You need to be changed. You need to be born again. And the only way we can have this relationship with God is to come to him and commit ourselves to him. It's like marriage. Man, woman, commit to each other and become one. You commit yourself to God, he commits himself to you, and you become in fellowship. And then the process begins of making you more and more like him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, help us to um, take this absolute with us today. God is light. And everything that has to do with darkness and evil and untruth doesn't come from him. It comes from other places. Next week, we'll learn some things about where that comes from and how all that works. Help us to see today that this is absolute. It's always true, never change. And that all truth and morality, all rightness and wrongness, basically find their benchmark in God. If God does it, it's right. If he doesn't, wrong. If God approves, it's good. If God doesn't, it's bad. You, great God, are the litmus test for all questions in life. We are free to follow and duplicate anything we discover to be true about you. Anything that we find from another source is suspect and subject to error. The goal of our lives, Father, is to become like you. And to do that, we need to learn to walk in the light. Take our clues, our cues from you to become like you. People like to quote, God is love. You don't hear them so often reminding us that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In John's first letter, light comes before love for a reason, I believe. We won't experience God's love before we can accept his light, his holiness. Today on Right Start, we heard the conclusion of Walking in the Light. If you'd like to own a copy of the sermon on CD, we'll send it to you for a gift of $7 or more. It's part of a very short series in 1 John called We Can Know Some Things for Sure. To get all three messages on CD, please include a donation of $15 or more. Thank you if you've leveled up from listener to partner. We receive God's provision through you if you're on the team. And if something Jim said or a new blessing in your life has made you feel like now is the time to step up and get involved, we welcome your prayers and gifts. You can reach us through the website, rightstartradio.org. And we can reach you there. There's a lot of faith-building audio on the site. You can hear today's program and many others from the library, or you can play or download Pastor Jim's complete sermons. 
The podcast is another option. It brings the radio show to your mobile device, and we'll show you how to set that up and more at rightstartradio.org. And mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. John wrote to people who had to contend with not only bogus Christians, but false doctrine and even counterfeit Christs, people just like us. Please join us on Tuesday for the next Right Start. Right Start.